0: The best bit of the Edinburgh Fringe has to be spending a month with
1: lots of like-minded creatives uh, all trying to make some stuff, lots of laughs, good jokes.
0: The best thing about the Fringe is that it's a fantastic opportunity for me to get rid of some of my money. The best thing about Fringe is not doing the Fringe because you don't want to, or you don't need to, or you can't afford to, or you haven't got a show that you're throwing your whole weight behind because you're doing other things, maybe other shows, maybe just other stuff, with your one short life on God's sweet earth instead of the Scottish Landlords Festival of Bankrupting Mentally Ill People. The worst thing about the Fringe is that Edinburgh doesn't even have any prat you know, what am I supposed to do for a whole month? How am I supposed to have coffee and a pret-sandwich? Pret-style sandwich? What am I supposed to do?
1: Worst thing? Uh, probably when your communist friends do a podcast uh, and make you feel like a fucking
0: scab for going up. Get frogs The best thing about the fringe is probably the permanent damage to your central nervous system. Have a great fringe, losers!
1: And, uh, Party! Band. Please,
0: welcome to the stage, all the way from the back of the room, Mandatory Redistribution Party!
2: Hello, everyone! Hello! And welcome... Welcome to Mandatory Redistribution Party. My name is Sean Morley. And my name is Jack Lewis-Evans. Thank you all so much for coming to our Fringe show, which is also our 98th podcast episode. This show is a
0: sequel to our second ever episode, Fringe, from August 2019. Hopefully you have all used the QR code on the flyer to listen to that in its entirety before entering the venue.
2: The Edinburgh Fringe is the largest arts festival in the entire global earth. Its size and scale boggle our soft minds.
0: But its powerful bumping guts run on exploited labour, extortionate rents, and the unrealized aspirations of young artists.
2: Fringe shows and podcasts rely on your goodwill. So please, if you could take some flyers out to distribute on the Royal Mile, or you, know, you could even fly it on social media by posting some reviews of your own, praise, or even derision, please, we need the visibility. Last night, we performed this show to a pigeon.
0: Instead of doing a bucket speech at the end of the show, we're gonna do it now. If you enjoy our work, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash mandatory redistribution party, where you can access loads of bonus content. It's free to click play, but it'll cost you to click stop.
2: Okay. Is everyone in? Is everyone here?
0: Wait, wait a second. Okay, let's go. Ed French. Hello? No, this isn't the uh the jugglings, it's the next room. The
2: next- we're a um, mandatory redistribution party. Um we're doing episode ninety-eight on the institutional problems of the fringe. If you want to sit down, we're um Don't that not it. That's fine. That's fine. Cheers. Enjoy Thank your you show, you. enjoy your show. I could've got, him. I could have got him. Years ago, me and our mutual friend Sam Nicaresti, who is currently doing a run of his show cancel anti-woke flake snow culture at the banshee labyrinth daily at 8 <laughs> we were trying to make this like satirical documentary about the fringe and we made this segment on it he was flyering for a show that we were saying was happening in this phone box my brief for it was if anyone came into the phone box with me i'd say do you mind what you're doing <laughs> And then when they'd come out, Sam as the flyer would go, "Oh, that's the show." No, that's part of it, <laughs> and send them back in. And I go, do you know what? Yeah. "Sorry, yeah, I've yeah. told you this is this is occupied." Incredible. What do you want? I'm trying to make a phone call. And every time, play it completely straight and see how many times <laughs> Sam could get them to go back in. and go, no, do the phone call? Who
0: would the phone call be to?
2: I never really said. I kept saying, "Sorry," I kept on saying, "Sorry, they're back." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't realise how much people would like fall for it they loved it and they loved it they thought they were seeing really clever theater but also as far as they knew a random flyer just kept getting them to bother a stranger did you make up flyers no we just uh, we literally just decided to do a walking down the street is that flyer in if you've not got a flyer you don't need to have a flyer to fly it. really you just impart information money saving tip folks yeah just tell people things they can remember things they're adults pay someone <laughs> 15 pound an hour yeah
0: to say do you know there's a show going on down there? Yeah. Don't need, what's this bit of paper for? Yeah, just write down on your phone. Get on. rid of that. <laughs> Why? Yeah. That's, you've just had a galaxy brain idea, my
2: friend. Just remember things. Because the flyer makes a difference more than the flyer. 100%. And if they've equipped with a few mnemonics, mm. your quids in. Yeah, I think abandon the flyer. Instead,
0: think of a persona and costume you would like your flyer to wear. Yeah. That's yeah, Comedians should yeah, yeah. start thinking about that. For 20, 2023, design your flyer Uh, One of my favorite things about The Fringe is seeing comedy friends. like Because comedy is a weird thing where early, when you very first start, the people you're with, you'll be on shows where there's like 12 people on a show, you're like gong Mm. shows or open mics, and you'll see a lot of people and you'll be doing a lot of the same gigs. And then as soon as you're in paid work, you'll probably be doing the same slots. You'll probably be doing middles and then opens. And you're unlikely to be on the same bill because you're filling the same slot. So you see mm. each other less, unless you choose, like we do, to work on stuff together or, you know, you hang out, hang out a lot outside of gigs. But seeing comedians from all around the country, all in one place, is very cool. Because I think comedy work can sometimes be quite
2: solitary. And you actually get to engage with what your friends are up to. When someone's made Edinburgh show, it's like all of your friends have made pretty little fra- flower arrangements. And you say, I like what you did, that it was nice. Mm.
0: You made a yeah. nice thing.
2: Kind of related
0: is the collaborative nature of the fringe of like, working with other people who like comedy or like, or, or like anything, any of the arts that have been created and, and shown there to make it happen. Now, obviously, the big mm-hmm. thing for that is, is the free fringes where you know the PAs are sourced from all over everywhere mm-hmm. and, like, and transported to the hundreds of venues they've got. People make those venues venues we can. We'll get into problems with the free fringe, but the principle of that of that like mutual aid and making a thing happen, making a thing happen together, uh, without expectation of remuneration and doing it for other people.
2: And there's so many things that you need that you couldn't realistically pay for for all those tiny little like extra elements. Mm if if all of those were financial transactions that would be so gloopy and, and horrible and everyone would be like paypaling each other in these scottish <laughs> sellers yeah whereas you can end up with these weird daily routines i remember in 2019 i'd do my show and then some of the times i'd have to be a dog at the end of mm. adam larter's disco show mm. or in another year before my show i'd have to borrow a friend's guitar and then play a sad piece of music live at the end of someone else's storytelling show and then I've got to place that guitar uh, a shed (laughs) on the other side of town so that the guitar can be picked up for another show.
0: Another thing that's that's, I think really interesting about it is like obviously there's all people coming from all around the world to this festival but also over 50% of audiences are Scottish. You know I would love there to be an actual successful proper Manchester Fringe Mm. where people from Manchester can get to go see stuff from all around the world like that i think that's a good thing i think that's a cool thing i think a world where people have access to live cool arts without having to be in london mm. is good and cool like does we you know people joke about edinburgh being like london on tour because it's yeah. just transferring all this london stuff to edinburgh for a month um, including the <laughs> rents uh, but that's the thing though it's not in london and that's good that's one of the good things about it, is it is not the London Fringe.
2: And as many people have tried to make a London Fringe and they can't because Edinburgh exists. Yes. If the Edinburgh Fringe didn't exist, there would be a London Fringe and there would be no undoing yeah, remember that. Remember that, everyone. Yeah, and whereas <laughs> we're lucky because the Edinburgh Fringe always feels like it's on the cusp of collapse, mm. but a London Fringe would be untoppelable. <laughs> whereas the Edinburgh Fringe literally could disappear in the next few years. <laughs> I think it's really... Good that it's in a city, because I know there are like festivals that are trying to do some kind of immersive experiences, but they do that by like taking you out to a field or taking you out into like absolute fiction. People like in characters and stuff doing things long form there, but you know that you're not in reality. You know you're like in a complete fictional someone else's Truman Show Sennetky New York yeah. thing. Edinburgh is a real place, right? There really yeah. are banks operating behind this clown. You know <laughs> that pret behind the guy dressed as a predator. That's functioning. That this is, is the place. a pret. And that really is the predator that's the predator
0: just because they are a species known as the predator does not mean that they have to hunt and kill you know they might want to take photos with kids on the royal mile
2: everyone needs a work-life balance the predators don't hunt for fun they're on the clock yes but the fact that it's in a city and the city is now like borderline non-functional because the arts have arrived (laughs) 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 that's kind of more interesting and more immersive than going into a field and people go, I'm the court jester and you're going on a quest. Do you want to go and see a jazz band in this tent? Forsooth. <laughs> I can't get immersed in that. You're going to see levels of authenticity, like authentic characters,
0: like you're never going to see at like Disneyland. You're not going to see someone just sat on a curb, so desperately holding back tears because they've had the worst fucking gig of their life
2: mm-hmm. you will see that in edinburgh you can't not see that in any view of pedestrians at edinburgh fringe you will be seeing at least five people who are having literally one of the worst days of their life yeah and at least one who's going to make a lot of money very soon
0: if the google car yeah if it went through edinburgh in august yeah and you popped that you drag drop that little yellow man down onto the mile you'd see the you drop down oh look it's the predator turn there's someone stood on the edge of a bridge Mm. because they paid Mumble 50 quid yeah. and Mumble gave him the first ever one star. You keep turning and there is Harry Enfield's oldest child, Hannah Gadsby.
2: <laughs> if the Google car took all of its images of Edinburgh during the Fringe, Edinburgh would literally not be mapped. <laughs> Edinburgh just wouldn't appear. Google would not be able to get any information. <laughs> Are you all right? Are you okay? Sean, I think this person's ill. Are you coughing because of, like, something in your throat, or are you unwell? Is it the spores? Is Is it it the sawdust from the the room above? We put all of this on the poster. Yeah. It was very small and a similar colour to the background.
0: If you can't handle spores, you can't handle this show. It said that in Comic Sans. across the the
2: top of our flyer. Look, just to get down to brass tacks, if you're not able to stop coughing soon, we're going to have to ask you to leave. We spent a lot of money to be here. The show is on a rigorous timetable. I'm sleeping on a kitchen counter with an improv troupe. I don't really have it in me to extend compassion. The compassion that you clearly deserve during your final moments. What we're saying is, please,
0: can you stop coughing? Because, oh, nearly. Nice.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Did you ever come across mumble comedy? The shape of it is ringing a bell. It's like a review block. In as much oh, as- Oh, all...
1: yes! Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yes.
2: Um, there's a lot going on with like reviews and how reviews work and how like these quite old journalists gatekeep who gets to have a career. But there was one very interesting upside in the review world called Mumble Comedy, Mm. which started appearing. So the Edinburgh Fringe is like a marketing advertising arms race. And so there's this thing called Flashes, which is when you get a good review during your run. And then you might hire someone to go around all of your posters that are like anything that's in a static position and staple a new review onto the poster design it makes the thing that like looks nice and is pretty and describes your show look like a horrible (laughs) like a horrible thing that's found in the bin outside staples but it does go scotsman said i showed potential and mumble comedy (laughs) over a couple of years started appearing on everyone's posters they gave almost everyone five stars my understanding of it is is that they wanted to become a new reviewer and they needed visibility. Mm. And the way to get visibility is to have all the acts and performers do it for you by giving all of them five stars and have them sellotape the name of your review blog onto all of their posters yeah. across the entire city. Free advertising. Then they had their fringe accreditation taken away. So the Sorry, the fr- do the fringe decide who it
0: is and isn't a reviewer? Do you have to be accredited by the fringe? What the fuck? <laughs>
2: well, they can re- revoke your fringe lanyard though. Oh, not, not a lanyard. A, that means you can't go to that one 10am tea and coffee networking event, I think. Yeah. The guy who runs it, what's John, his name? John Mumble. Gareth Mumble. Yeah. It's widely believed that the, all the reviewers for Mumble are this person <laughs> writing under different pseudonyms and different writing styles. <laughs> to make the organisation seem a lot bigger. I love this. It kind of worked. Mumble got well known enough that uh, people had heard of it. They'd seen it on enough posters. Oh, I'd like a review for mumble. So they started charging. What? I remember once we tried to get them to come to a show that was at 2 (laughs) a.m. And they really didn't want to, but you know, we said we'd pay the fee. We said, great, we don't have the money right now. Do you mind if we use a bucket speech and ask the audience to pay the fee at the end to make sure you get it? And they just sent back the words, you blew it. (laughs) You blew it, kid. You'll You're never look it. in this city again. <laughs> I was going to come down at 2am to review your show with one of my many dramatic personas. <laughs> You're all washed up.
0: <laughs> now we've made ourselves cover some positives of the Fringe. We are now going to talk about whether that is how it's
2: fucked. Yeah, most of, the fr- most of our thoughts about the Fringe. <laughs> We're now going to cover the majority of the things we think when we see the words Edinburgh Fringe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, some people don't fancy that. That's fine. Just, not every show's for everyone. You can go. No judgment. Got another show? Where you going?
2: I think it's good that you know what you like and you know what you don't like. I think it's bad that you didn't know that before, but we got there in the end. People who are still here, we're have a great time. We're having a great time, everyone.
0: now, Sean, is we need more people. I'll keep things going in here. And if you just can, you go out, just fly some people. Uh, go get some, get some people in.
2: Okay, how many do we need in? Just two more and then we've got Yeah Yeah, then we can carry on. That's a yeah. show, all right. Okay, I'll be back in ten minutes. Hello there, Mandatory Redistribution Party. It's a show about... Okay, absolutely no problem. Uh, hello, Mandatory Redistribution Party show it is just started. It's about... No problem, have a nice day. Mando party live comedy. It's just through. No, no problem. Uh, good afternoon. Are you at all interested in a sh- no worries? Have a nice one. Political comedy about the Edinburgh. Fr- yep. No. Okay. Um. Please, if I could just have a moment of your time. Ta- okay. Uh, do you have a second to talk to me? Okay. All right. Hello. Um, if I could just pause you. Okay. I won't actually. I'm not gonna. T- I'm not gonna touch you. I haven't touched you. Okay. Well, I haven't actually touched you. I, 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 I. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
1: Hey. I'll take one
2: OK, great, do you want to know more about the
1: show? Oh, no, you were just looking miserable So I thought I'd take
2: one And thank you, 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 you were right, I, I am miserable But really, the flyers aren't the issue It's more about the bums on the seats can, can I tell you anything about?
1: Mate, don't pitch to me, OK? I was trying to help you
2: out Absolutely, I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry, I, I was in the wrong Please have a nice day Uh, political comedy just died in a uh, show. Just start. Really started a okay. show. A show with a pigeon. Uh, pigeon show. Pigeon comedy. Ping pong comedy. Already okay. sad. Sad comedy is already got. mandatory redistribution. Sad party. comedy. Uh, comedy. Uh, pod sad. Pod podcast. Pod, sad podcast. Okay, no worries. Sad pod comedy. Pod pod sad comedy. Pod sad comedy. Pod sod sod podcast. Sod sod. Okay, no worries. Sod. Okay, no worries. Sod comedy pod sod. Okay, no worries. Comedy pod com, com, Okay, com, no worries. Sodcast.
1: Oh yeah, what's this show you got here?
2: It's a live political comedy show called Mandatory Redistribution Party. Does that sound like something that might interest you?
1: Oh yeah, I'd love to come on the provision. I've got enough of the relevant information about the show's theme.
2: Okay, and you're being sincere with me
1: here? Absolutely, I've got nothing to gain from being duplicitous with a flyer. I'm on me holiday. Okay,
2: well the show is a live comedy spin-off of a podcast. This will be our episode 98 talking about the fringe, related to how its economics work. Oh. Okay, well. I'm just gonna wait for that to stop.
1: I'm sorry, I've gotta go.
2: Get around, I am going to throw a knife in the air, okay, get around, get around, not too close, not too close, okay,
1: my name is Johnny Studebaker, I've been traveling, I've just been doing a uh, show in the Czech Republic, they love it here, and you guys folks in Edinburgh,
2: you're going to love it as well, so I'm going to throw this knife into the air, then it will land somewhere, be very careful. I'm gonna throw it as high as I can. After that, I
1: have to take all responsibility for whatever happens to anyone here. Okay, we we'll get you all clapping. One, two, three. Oh.
2: Okay, okay. I'm very sorry, sir. Like I said, I take no responsibility for that. Let's get you to a hospital. Okay, new PB, I shifted a whole 100 flyers. Um, Do we get many walk-ins? Um, no, no,
0: it's exactly the same people here as when you left.
2: Okay, show must go on.
0: Nice, okay. Fringe, sponsored by TikTok this year. It's actually... Don't know where that TikTok money's going.
2: Is the main award called the TikTok award? No, no, that's okay. the Dave, I think.
0: <laughs> but right. I, I think that's on the cards. I think it's the, the one after going. Dave might be TikTok
2: the TikTok comedy award. (laughs) (laughs) It's coming. Reading about the conditions, like a third of the staff at the Edinburgh Fringe are unpaid. So many of them are sleeping in like army barracks style conditions. Like C venues barely pay any of their staff. They're all like on mattresses, on the floor, next to each other. They are lied to about the terms of their hire. And there has been at least one manager Disciplined for trying to prevent workers um, receiving intolerable amounts of shifts back-to-back. Back. Keeping the work conditions of the staff a secret from the performers is also considered part of the job description of the managers um, because the performers don't want to know that the people that are like moving the props around don't get any days off for any money.
0: Because one of the reasons people go for paid venues is because either a free fringe venue is insufficient for the type of work they want to do, or because free fringe is super exploitative of thousands of people's voluntary labor. Like Hmm. uh, it has, because it's existing inside of capitalism with all of the problems that come with that, despite it having these like positives of, of being based on principles of mutual aid. You get people who do more work than other people in in a totally sort of thankless and unrecognized way. And some people who are just like, primary concern is how many of their posters can they get up everywhere? Some people go for a paid venue because they think uh, I would like there to be some paid people to do security or some paid people to do tickets. And the thought a lot of people have is I'm gonna pay thousands of pounds to this organization and then they're gonna employ people to do these jobs and that's good for me because it means I don't have to worry about it or it. I I don't have to do it myself I don't have I can just concentrate on the work I want to do but no you've just traded one type of awkward horrible exploitation masquerading as something else for a different one
2: Do you know I've heard stories of performers who you know they, they didn't know these were the practices specifically like just the tonic are one of the really bad ones and i've had loads of friends do shows with just the tonic. you've done a show with just the tonic mm. no one comes up and tells you by the way we uh, as a policy tell our workers that they're going to get a day off every week in the hiring stage but when they actually turn up we tell them they get one day off in a month it's more that as a performer you see staff on shift and you're like hang on i saw you on shift 13 hours ago how are you mm-hmm. still here And you just have to piece it together like that. Just people looking very, very tired and stressed. You as a performer, you've gone up to do the fringe. And let's say you've really dipped into your savings, as most people have to do to do the fringe. The people that you've paid the production company to employ are like half asleep, wanting to die. They're not coping. (laughs) And it's like, you're like the person who ushers people in and says hello to them at the beginning of the show. And their first impression is someone who's like, you know, at their wits end.
0: That labor, that work they're doing, the work you're doing as a performer and the work they're doing to keep the... Wheels of the venue going to make the venue functional. Mm-hmm. It isn't in service of the art, it's in service of the landlords. Mm-hmm. Because just the tonic don't own the venues, they pay landlords.
2: All of them are venues that are privately owned by other organizations. Mostly or of like university.
0: <laughs> Gilded Bloons in university buildings, Pleasants mm-hmm. in university buildings. And then these are the big money ones. Like not many people can afford to do Gilded Bloon or the Pleasants because they're very, very mm-hmm. expensive. Gilded Bloon and Pleasants don't make money. The landlords make money. Yeah, And the landlords don't just make money for the fringe. They gain from the inflated rents and the inflated property prices year round. Like the fringe is a gentrification machine. Mm -hmm. Financially, the fringe exists for landlords. Like it's absolutely an issue that working class people in general struggle to afford to perform or visit the fringe. But working class people in Edinburgh struggle to like live in their own city for the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. And this like annual landlord festival is just making that worse. It's just capitalism, but just distilled into this, this hyper horrific, exaggerated, mega exploitative version of it. Uh, but in the context of like, it's a lot of people's, it's like a working holiday. You know, like a lot of the mm. people working in the venues are there because they really like theater and comedy and, and they wanna see the stuff that's going on at the fringe, but because it's very expensive, they end up working in their holiday. Hmm? Sorry,
2: mate. What? You're gonna have to speak up.
0: It doesn't matter if you are a landlord. That We're talking about the institution. I'm sure you're a very nice
2: person. I mean, maybe, maybe not, you are a landlord. I'm not confident you're a nice person. Yeah, we can't rule it out. Well,
0: so, yeah, so what if the mortgage is very expensive? How many houses have you got? What?
2: Why? It, sh- it shows on Rightmove that you're renting out a parking space to a family of two.
0: Are you Right, are you going to just... Can you, you can either leave... Or just behave.
2: All right, mate, I remember my first drink.
0: Well, you shouldn't actually be drinking the blood of your tenants.
2: Yeah, you shouldn't have brought it in, actually, as well, because... You've got to mainly, drink the venue's drinks. The venue's only let us do this if we make sure people stay at their bar. Mm. And, um, I, no, I don't know where their blood's from. Yeah, it is more expensive, and it is the plastic cup. Yeah, and it's warm but it's blood <laughs> a lot of theater people and arts people they are trying to escape from capitalism and something about that makes them even more exploitable yeah right they're like trying to get out of it and they're like I want to just work on this arts thing and if I can just go to this place for a bit do you know it's like that promise that if you can somehow cut your teeth in this industry you get to live in a place where you get to think about creativity and producing shows and landlords just scoop that up because every show needs to happen in a place everyone needs a place to stay it all happens in this one festival that's getting crunched because the sheer demand from performers and punters grows and grows so the pricing on property because the demands there and it's the
0: the, it's the rent machine there's there's people who are like well it's just the market the market will you know landlords will charge whatever the market can sustain Mm. as if like that's a law of nature and that's okay and that's fine the rent extraction that is related to the Edinburgh Fringe. So there's the rent of where you live. Mm. So even if you're on the free fringe or something, you are probably paying to live somewhere. And then there's the rent. If you pay for a venue, there's the rent of the venue, which can be thousands of pounds per, you know, just for the slot. Mm. Like if as a performer, you're probably paying rent to live and paying rent to perform. And if you're not a performer, if you're someone working in these venues, then you're paying rent for somewhere to live. and then you're getting surplus value extracted from you because of your horrific zero hours contract and the mm-hmm. insane hours you work, which might even be below minimum wage. Then there's the third thing of like, the it's a machine for gentrifying Edinburgh to inflate the house prices. Those three things together are like the defining economic features of the fringe.
2: It's like the whole thing is a, this big food chain. And I think like in terms of the absolute grass level, mm. it's gotta be like new performers who have been sold the dream because mm-hmm. they're spending so much money to so many different people. And then you've got the punters line everything up. They just come to submit money to see shows. And then you've got like layers of production, layers of marketing, layers of industry that relates to performance. And then right at the very top, like the God shining heat death on top of everyone else is just property owners. I think the fringe
0: should be a place for experimentation, right? The way the fringe affects the year of like, you know, you've got to have your fringe show it's mm-hmm. got to be real good. And then you've got to like really have the idea in August the previous year and then start previewing it to get it super, super polished for August and then probably still make some tweaks in the first week. The Fringe isn't to like mess around with show and work out what it is. But I think it should be. I think that's one of the things that made make the Fringe good. But there's this immense pressure. It's pressure to bring something that's done. It's that's worthwhile my- that
2: stands shoulder to shoulder with this intense competition.
0: And, but that's it. That's the competition Is
2: exacerbated by just how much everything costs. That pressure to make sure what you're doing is good and not shit, and to try and make sure you get some kind of a return so that you're not going hand out of pocket just to exist in the industry, means that you end up doing loads of previews and you can't charge as much for a preview because you have to make it clear this is not done. This is not the (laughs) finished product. And and partially because of that is because the Fringe Society wants to be able to say it's a premiere. But the previews also are a source of losing money because you are telling people, not done, come and see this. And you cannot, that will affect what's a reasonable ticket price for that. You have to think about your show in terms of marketing. There's numerous
0: fundamental problems in the arts and the Edinburgh Fringe is like an expression of these problems. One is the domination of the arts by actually very rich people, Mm -hmm. right? Because they have the time resources and cultural capital to go into these things but another one is marketing like mm-hmm. one of the fuck things that's happened to music record companies used to have like talent scouts yeah they go
2: to dive bars and see what's going on
0: the people who are successful are people who are good at marketing mm. that is also something that infects the fringe in the sense of like you have to think of your show in terms of who is this we well, you always when you create something you're like who is this for why am i creating it but those, the, your answer to that question, I think the edges get shaved off by marketing necessity.
2: Every time someone who I've known for years, who has the surname of another famous comedian but is younger than them by a generation, yeah. every time the penny drops with me, I feel like a massive idiot but also massively surprised. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's your dad. It makes sense because... You've got the same surname and you're both from London. And also, as well, you appeared from nowhere. I never saw you much on the circuit coming up and now you're playing really big venues.
0: (laughs) Harry Enfield has 30 kids. How many of them are comedians you can think of? 27, I think. Catherine Ryan, Harry Enfield's kid. Really? I did not know that. A Caster. Yeah. Harry Enfield's kid.
2: Sorry, everyone. This is just the drilling. It is not part of the show. It's um, more a feature of the venue. Uh, Jack, I think it's your turn to go and have a word. (sighs) Oh. I'll take care of things here. Who wants to play a game of ping pong with me while we wait for Jack? Um, I've only got one bat though. Okay, here we go, my serve.
0: Hi, sorry, really awkward one. I hate to ask, but is there any chance you could stop drilling for a bit, please?
1: What? Jack Evans, Jack
0: Evans. Hello, mate. Mate, how's it going? How's your show? watching it now just popped out to ask this guy to stop drilling. I don't think
1: he can hear me. Sorry, I can't hear you. That's brilliant. That's fantastic. We sold out. Oh, what what did you sell out? My two-hander with uh, Simon Bovril. We're in the sewer room. In the sewer room. Tricky one to get like but Simon does a lot of drinking with the guy who books it so he managed to slide the whole way in. <laughs> Rumour is the guy's a murderer but I've never personally seen him do it so. What the fuck? Had reviewers in today. Reviewers came for 200? Yeah, they don't normally but they were smashing it to pieces so they sent them down. Uh, you out drinking? Well, I'm actually supposed to be in my show right now. Sean's waiting for me. I'm just asking this guy to finish drilling. I'm going to do the hour next year. going to do the hour. Oh yeah, what about? I'm not asked about that, mate. Just got a packet full of gags. Not enough shows like that, you know, I don't think- Anyone's doing that, just wall-to-wall gags, just wall-to-wall smashes is my plan. Just jokes. Pure jokes. Just ripping it, just fucking tearing it apart, just like a fucking lion bursting out of a tiger. Just fucking blood and guts, mate. Fucking limb from limb. Maybe a bit of MC at the top. We're gonna call it Smasher. That sounds mad. They should really tell you this, but I <laughs> had the panel in the other day. What came up to me and she said to me, she said, if the show just you and not this other guy. We put you down for the award right now, we put you down. Not even the newcomer, the main award. Sorry mate, you keep looking over my shoulder,
0: just checking you're not using me to conceal yourself from an assassin.
1: No nah, mate, no. Nah. I just thought I saw Bill Burr. You on TikTok, mate? Uh... Oh you gotta be on TikTok, mate. That hell a I've got a great idea where I'm gonna put a towel on my head and pretend to be my partner. And sketches where we not fucking hate each other. Please stop drilling, it's really loud. I'm sorry, I've been told to drill this hole. I get paid to drill.
0: I feel like you're drilling into my brain, through my
1: arse. There we go, hold done. You've just burst a pipe. Yes, that's what I was trying to do. This is sewage. Yeah, so the sewer room was getting full, so we had to have it drained. You know, we had to have this hole drilled. Is this poo? Oh mate, it's Harry Enfield Jr. That's Harry Enfield Jr. boss. i have seen a bit, mate, I'll see you in a bit. Lovely to see you. Is this poo? Right,
2: it's, it's sorted. One second. Ah, oh, very good serve. That tenant's blood is serving you well. Very nice. Okay, we need to get back into the show now, so if you could sit down. Hey, don't, get off me, get off calm me. Down. Sit down, calm down, down me. Listen, mate, come on, mate, mate.
0: Sit down. Calm down. I'll buy you some blood after this You're buying too much blood for the audience I know we're going to make a huge loss
2: alright back in professional 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 face. mode Mando mode people aren't going to the fringe for a kind of financial return they're going to get recognition get found make a contact with someone more it's a influential trade show. it's a trade show and you want to you know boost your name or make a deal or have someone that you could pitch an idea to that could then maybe get shaped into something that will go on a broadcast media. In order to ensure that you've got lots of like predatory third party people who can do PR or marketing for you because they'll say if you spend another grand on me then I will mean that this whole thing hasn't been a waste of time because if you've come away with the end of a fringe and you haven't made any of these contacts or you haven't won some kind of award or you haven't got those reviews It's very hard to think that it's justified in terms of its price. Mm. That means that because we're not talking about a financial investment in a straightforward way, money in, money out, you're looking for recognition from like an older generation of gatekeepers, essentially, Mm. Mm. who in turn, as much as the the sheer economics and the annual nature of the fringe shape the artistic output of the entire (laughs) comedy industry for a year, a very small group of journalists and award panellists really are the determinant of the comedy output, not just for this year, but for next year, because what won last year will affect what people think the trends will be in future. That's why you get these bubbles in comedy where certain ideas, certain trends, certain aesthetics, certain formats, they become like... um, speculation bubbles, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. investing in, oh, is this aesthetic going to be good? Is, is a dead dad show going to come back into fashion? Maybe I should do like a big reveal about some aspect of this or that in my life or we'll do it this way. I, I think the whole of the arts gets narrower because there aren't enough tastemakers. There's about five people whose written output on comedy reviews mm-hmm. is considered noteworthy enough to be career changing. And then there's the Fringe Society itself that creates a panel that's going to decide who wins the Edinburgh Award. And as well, on top of that, the social contract that used to underpin the Edinburgh Award, that like winning it meant something, is quite a few years broken. Yeah. You know, there are people who've won the Edinburgh Award that are no more well-known outside of the reified, mad centre of the industry <laughs> than they were before they won the award. Mm. Somewhere between Tim Key and John Kearns, it no longer meant you had a career beyond it.
0: Another thing you'll see people say about the fringe when they're like, I was going to say defending it all its fucking problems, but just really just deflecting and talking about nonsense instead is to like, you know, well, obviously it's people's choice to go, but then it's like, oh well, if you're funny, you'll you'll be fine. Don't worry about anything. If you're funny, you'll be mm-hmm. fine. It's like this idea that the fringe is this like magical meritocracy. Yeah. You've got to worry about marketing your show to even get people sat down because it doesn't matter how funny you are. If no one's sat in there watching it and they're not the right people to be sat watching your show and enjoying your show, then you're fucked. And then equally, you can win the award and if you've not got you know some marketing game plan.
2: And what does a meritocracy mean when people just explicitly have different contradictory opinions about different performances? Like... A- People can get in a single run, one stars, two stars, three stars, four stars and five stars Mm -hmm. from different reviewers for the same show. It's not even like tastes are so diverse at the Edinburgh Fringe because the audience isn't particularly diverse at the Edinburgh Fringe. Not just because if you make something very expensive in order to Mm -hmm. access Mm -hmm. it and participate in it, that's going to disproportionately affect people of colour but also that the audience for the Edinburgh Fringe Mm -hmm. is disproportionately white middle class. But also Edinburgh itself is an incredibly white city. If that makes up the makeup of the audience, that is going to affect what appears to be objectively good Mm -hmm. because there's not going to be um, a diversity of like backgrounds and therefore tastes. But the Fringe still is the largest arts festival in the world. So if you want to make it big and go where all the industry have a chance of seeing you when they wouldn't outside of their normal humdrum routines of locked down <laughs> schedules of who they'll go and see, you have to go and try and make a show which is more palatable to the audience of the Edinburgh fringe. You commodify yourself
0: like who you are. Commodify yourself in a very particular way for a very particular audience, a predominantly white audience, um, a wealthier audience. You're packaging yourself for them in a palatable mm. way. You, you know, working class, becomes a brand with Mm. which to sell yourself. Neurodivergent becomes a brand with which to sell yourself. Things you might not think are like fundamentals to who you are, of like your personality and what you want to talk about, end up becoming the thing that's like an easy hook. Mm. So you know people who aren't white men, when they're doing a set in stand-up, often the first minute of their set is explaining to the audience that we almost like why a white man isn't on the stage.
2: Yeah, apologizing for not being the normal kind of comedian. Yeah, so you have to do jokes about, it, like
0: I'm a woman or I'm a black person or I'm disabled yeah. right at the top because the audience is thinking, well, hold on, what's this? What the fuck is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the problem with comedy across the UK in general.
2: I've even had it explained it in, the, in that terms of like, the audience literally will not be able to concentrate on what you're saying because they're like,
0: yeah, huh? no, what's going yeah. on? Sitting yeah. there like gorons. <laughs> yeah, you need to reassure them.
2: It, you have to accept their
0: premise, don't you? You have to accept this is strange and make jokes about it. Yeah, You have to do that at gigs anyway. But at the Edinburgh Fringe, you have to do that before you've set foot on stage. You have to do it on the poster. You have to do it in
2: the press release. Yeah. The other thing the Fringe does, with its kind of hugeness, mm. it's got a lot of gravity that pulls stuff in. If you want to go and do something really mad, you think, oh, well, I've got to do it there because yeah, they'll be accepting of it. it. But if... But if I wanted to go and do something mad, you know, (laughs) down the road, oh, they'd never like it here. You know, they'd get it at the Fringe, but they wouldn't get it down the road. And I think it pulls away... That's bullshit. Well, 100%. The most experimental Edinburgh Fringe show you can do would be happening in Preston in February. (laughs) You know, if you really want to say, like, discover more, be more... They always put these little taglines on the programme. You know, go the extra mile, make something new, unique. Great, it's not in Edinburgh. I didn't pay any money to the Fringe (laughs) programme. It's happening in my living room and my two friends can go to it. Please put this forward for the award. (laughs) (laughs) How much money you've got dictates the strength and speed of your mental decay over the month. (laughs) right
0: <laughs> yeah less and money. you're on this idea track. of hype
2: right hype and buzz and you know it's cumulative yeah. so in that last week if you've got a shot at the big shot that's when you have to pull out some of the best performances of your life because one significant review mm. brings three significant reviewers the next day and so if you are dead on your feet in that last week you can't make it and you are a million times more likely to be dead on your feet. Mm. If you're house sharing with seven or eight people, if you're living in a little Euro hike tent in the swamps of Edinburgh, than if you've just comfortably got a 10 grand gazebo that's on top of one of Edinburgh's yeah. many skyscrapers, <laughs> you just abseil <laughs> down, land on the Tron and then start doing a two hour clowning show about when you've <laughs> run your dad over. As the predator looks on yeah approvingly, yeah tear in <laughs> yeah, good hunting <laughs> target acquired.
0: <laughs> so let's now talk about how things could be better. How could we fix the fringe, Sean?
2: I think the fringe is a kind of a wonder of the world, something mm. on that size and scale would be hard to build again, yeah, I mean, all the fringe is is lots of shows happening in a place mm-hmm. that in itself is not problematic it's a good idea the idea of having a big fringe doesn't need to go in the bin the very core concept of it doesn't need to go in the bin I just don't see almost every other contingent property of the fringe should be changed <laughs> even just <for> the arbitrary <laughs> it doesn't need to be in one single city at all times mm. why can't it just move around mm. just be somewhere else and oh, I think I it should be moved as a punishment yes for a naughty city yeah 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 <laughs> Listen, you have had the most littering, so now you have to have the Fringe. See how you, like, litter when there's a thousand flyers on every corner of the street? And then there's teens
0: who uh, really, like, want the Fringe to come to their town, so they're intentionally littering.
2: All community service for that year has changed to you have to do a Fringe show about what you did. <laughs> We're sending you off to clown school. <laughs> it's that like 40 minutes sitting on a stool and going, and that's when I started to set the bins on fire. <laughs> The arts aren't very easy to get to for normal people. Mm. If people want to go and see loads of music or people want to go and see lots of comedy or whatever, they've got to go to this festival, which is, like, too intense. Music festivals are are too intense, unless you're really into substances. Music festivals, obviously, they're really for the substance enjoyers and the music. Do you know what I mean? The music is what you tell people. I'm going there to listen to sounds. What (laughs) you're really doing there is digesting things. (laughs) But, like, if you want to take in a little bit of art, it would be good to just do a little bit a week. Microdose it. Well, I should know. I want to change it. This should be a dose, yeah. right? 28 days of straight theatre should it be considered a dose and going out for an evening is a micro dose. <laughs> it should be that going out for an evening is a dose and going out to a festival is an absolute go-to-the-hospital-level overdose. <laughs> A micro-dose would be like, you know, when you've gone up a big hill with binoculars so you can see a bit of a football match. <laughs> have you done that? That's micro-dose. You
0: said that as a thing you've, that you've done. You're like, yeah. when you go up a
2: hill, have you done that? That's mad. I've never even been up a hill. I, I'm probably just remembering a, a Beano panel <laughs> wow. that's that's how much of a knockabout kid i am my understanding of what kids do in the park comes from the dandy you know, i just go around with my friend nasher and and then just slingshot all the queer coded children
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god what okay. would the softy seems like a nice guy he did it, anything seems, to deserve. Sound, yeah, yeah, <laughs> he seems all in. right yeah. yeah, justice he should for Walter. stand up for himself, though. He needs to, like, you know, Walter needs to learn. I'd like to see Walter kick Dennis' head in. <laughs> but Nasha, however, is innocent. Nasha can't dog. be held responsible, because that's what I mean. Yeah. Nasha is partially sentient. Like, Mutley should go to prison, for instance. Yes. Mutley clearly knows what's Nasha Nasher's criminally insane. Yes. Definitely should be re- rehabilitated. Cr- Nasha's the joke. <laughs> Criminally insane and spiritually ill.
0: Mandatory Redistribution Party was created and produced by Sean Morley and Jack Lewis Evans. Our title theme was created by Ella Jean with additional music from Sean Morley and Jack Lewis Evans. Special thanks to Chris Cantrell, Shan Doxey and Jane Edwards, who you heard at the start of this episode. An extra special thanks to you for listening to Mandos and thanks so much to those of you who support us by sharing this episode on social media as well as those of you who support our work at patreon.com slash mandatory redistribution party where you can find additional content. If you go into the fringe, please God, look after yourself.